Hi, this is so-and-so, and you're listening to Crusader Chronicles on the Longbox Crusade Network. You're listening to Crusader Chronicles episode 53, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 197 and The Flash number 278 from July 1979. Welcome to the 53rd episode of Crusader Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christatos. Crusader Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by their release date from my comic book collection, either in a digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way talking about them with my friends. And speaking about my friends joining me, as always, man, we're hit the over the 50 mark and we ain't stopping. We're going to continue to go. And joining me and joining me, yes, like a flash, everybody. You can't see everybody moving their hands real quick, but we're doing it. Joining me is Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. Death Probe. Well, Pat. The only question left to ask is which one of you guys injected me with PCP? PCP? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, it wouldn't be me because I, you know. Sean's passed, a- Sean's passed away. I'm so. just saying. I, I went to Jared, a party. Jared took my bit, man. He took my bit. <laughs> I went to a party. Man, <laughs> gummit. And clearly someone injected me with PCP. I got bugs on me. <laughs> well, it's going to be that kind of party. I may as well stick my Somebody brought me out. <laughs> Take them all you man. PCP is everywhere. They're whipped potatoes now. <laughs> well, I don't uh, think I will venture what? further into Did you that. ask me another question? <laughs> yes, yes. Ah, I'm sorry. I pay- Do you- shh, shh. Smell right. that? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back on mute. Who's muting? We're all muting? Just you on mute? Oh, so I don't have to be on mute. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, we'll find out. Speaking about not being on mute, let's go ahead and talk to the Weasel Skull, Jason Albrecht. Yeah, well, Jared kind of uh, stole my bid. I was going to go in a little bit different direction. I was going to put on my detective hat here. I think uh, Delvin was kind of smelling the direction I was going. I'm solving this mystery, and I've I've got two suspects lined up. I know two people off the top of my head who would use angel dust to be the angel dust killer. And one of those people passed away in October of last year. Mm. So my question to you, Pat, was where were you on the night that Iris West died? I was making angel food cake. Oh. I had some powdery substance to put into the cake, but. <laughs> That's a tasty cake right there. Ooh, All right. right. All right. I got to interrupt a bit to ask, in the comic itself, do they call it angel dust or PCP? I think it was the angel dust killer. Oh, I used PCP. I showed too many cards. <laughs> oh, now I my- clearly know that they're synonymous. <laughs> now my 
My focus and my investigation <laughs> is straight away from Pat. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. Y'all hear, do y'all hear sirens? Y'all hear sirens? <laughs> Listen to Jared talk. Listen to me talk. <laughs> now listen to Jared talk. I think the cops are coming. <laughs> That's your brain on drugs, kids. Be like me. Not like Don't him. be like him. I dare you to. And that's one to know. Now let's go ahead and talk to Delvin, the dark web, William. See what bit he's got for us. Is it the same or is it different? Well, I was going to use Flash, but we've already had two Flashes bits. And so I got to like think on the fly now about a Spider-Man bit. And I think I have it. You know, uh, me and Jared have had a long lasting rivalry. And, you know, I finally beat him. And I, I got him on the floor and he's crawling and trying to use some banter to save himself. And I'm pointing my cane at him. <laughs> and I'm about to put him. Randy? We got to go now? Right, right now. Like, can we wait five seconds? <sighs> right, guys, I got to go. I live another day, suckers. Son of a man. I had him. I had him. I had Almost. Him. Almost. Darn it. Life is about choices. I know. I chose love. I'm an idiot. Who's Randy? And now you got to deal with my PC bit, PCP bit for the rest of the episode. That's what I call Miranda. That's Pat. Just uh, Pat. I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that. I learned something new with that. I Infer, who would I be talking? Who would I be loving? Like, I don't know. Uh, we'll just reveal he has a relationship with Randy Jackson on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we support you, dog. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here to judge. I ask him how I do after we make love, and he's like, eh, I'm a bit pitchy, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, I don't know how to come out of that one. I don't know. Um, oh, man. All right. Well, I think with that, we will continue on. But why don't we do this? What bit was better? Whose bit was the bit? That you liked for this round. The bit round. You might win yourself some Bitcoin. No, you won't. But anyway. <laughs> Which one of us is on PCP on this episode? <laughs> it's, all, it's always Pat. It's Pat and you this time. Yeah. Hey, I just supply. I give the demand. I thought there was no heroin. <laughs> well, I guess that's an okay for Angel Duck. All right. There's still no heroin. Yeah, exactly. What's in the pipes is in the pipes. We shuffle it off in the short, short pants. And anyway. Let's go ahead and move on forward here. So now, before we get started with this episode's issue, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. All right, our bags are packed, and we got the snacks. It's time for the Lombox Crusade road trip to the Lombox Mobile crew. Shotgun. Shotgun. Dang it. Everyone buckled up. Here we go. Well, now that the garage is empty... Gene will have more space to record episodes of LBC Irregulars, the indexing of the Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes TV series. Oh no! Did anyone remember to leave Clinton some food down in the basement? He's gonna need it as he makes more episodes of Fan Film Fridays, his ongoing look at online fan films. Why are you speaking in such a scripted manner, Dark Web? Anyway, you can relax. I asked Rick, or was it Jeff? Who can remember? I asked the attic guy to come down from time to time to check in on Clinton. You know, take some breaks from recording Monday Movie Muck about his movie review show. Weasel Skull, did you give Rick the key to the basement? Key. Sounds like LBC headquarters is in good hands, Death Probe. Right you are, Christados. Oh, Pat, can we stop off at KB Toy Store? I'm going to pick up some Transformers and G.I. Joes. They remind me of Transformers Chronicles and G.I. Joe Chronicles. 
our shows going through the Marvel run of Transformers comics and the Devil's Due run of Joe comics. Well, while you guys are doing that, we can also stop by a Blockbuster video and get some tapes to watch for action film face-off. That's the show where we discuss two action films and have them duke it out to see which one is the episode champion. Is that VHS or beta? Yeah, either one's fine. We've got a lot of stops to make, but if we can, let's squeeze in the Walden books and score some comics for us to talk about on Crusader Chronicles, the show where we move chronologically through the amazing Spider-Man comics and include a bonus issue from the same release date as the Spidey we're covering. I will definitely keep an eye out for our Walden books. It'll come in handy for the Pure Lombox Crusade episodes, our time capsule show where we take a deep dive into a randomly selected comic and talk about news, music, and movies, and ads that were popular when the books were released. I'll also be on the lookout for our electronic boutique, EB, if you guys don't know the lingo back then, so we can get some more comic-related video games for us to discuss on Comics to Council Crusade. Good thinking. If time permits, let's hit Circuit City. I need more positrons for our pop culture positcast show. The one where we find all the good stuff in pop culture, the others seem to poo-poo. Positrons? Shut up and go with it. These old-timey, out-of-business store jokes doing anything for you folks? Well, if you like old-timey stuff, we also offer Saturday Matinee Theater. Our look back at old TV shows, serials, and films that have kind of been forgotten. I think that about covers it. We definitely want to be your road trip crew, folks. Whether it's your commute to work or a road trip of your own, why not pass the time with us, your friends at the Long Box Crusade? Once again, that's Long Box Crusade, available on all your finer podcatchers. Good job, team. I'm getting hungry. Pat, stop at the next Kenny Rogers Roasters that you see. Or Pentagons. Burger Chef! Welcome back from the break. Now let's go ahead and get to the first featured comic for this episode. And it is Amazing Spider-Man number 197. Credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. It's got a cover date of October 1979, but its on-sale date was July 10th, 1979. Cover price was just 40 cents. Editor and writer is Marv Wolfman. Penciler, Keith Pollard. Inker is Jim Mooney. Letterer is Joseph Rosen. And colorist is Ben Sean. This this better be an alias. (laughs) (laughs) No Glennis. Oh, man. We're going to miss her. Hopefully she comes back soon. You can read along with us in the Essential Spider-Man Volume 9 trade paperback or Marvel Masterworks Volume 245 of The Amazing Spider-Man, or you can also follow along with us on Marvel Unlimited. Cover credits go to penciler Keith Pollard and inker Frank Giacoa. And speaking about the cover, let's get that cover description from Jared. All right, I am ready to strike. There's your primer. The Marvel Comics Group banner stays in its lane nicely, red with black letters. Spidey's standing in his green corner box like he's been munsoned in the middle of nowhere. The Amazing Spider-Man logo is white with red highlights, like a bowling pin with the webs. The main action shows a barely conscious Spider-Man at the mercy of Kingpin. At least, he still has both of his hands, although he might have torn his sack. The Kingpin has his foot on Spidey's chest and is about to raise a barn. I mean, clobber Spider-Man with a couch. A supplemental cover blurb reads, The Kingpin is back, and deadlier than ever. Who's got my bit? 
Supplemental? Why don't you finish that outside, baby? Come back in. <laughs> Those were all. I'm lost. I, I got it. Yeah, hey, hey, don't don't t- don't tell them. Was it from movie Garrett, Kingpin? Garrett, don't don't tell them. There's more to come. <laughs> Jared's not going to reveal it. We're going to keep you in suspense a little bit longer because I got some more. Oh, okay. Kingpin. Oh, I think, I think I think Pat guessed it. <laughs> I guess that maybe I said it real quick, but I think you got it, Pat. Okay. Ooh, I got it. But that means you and Delvin are gelling? Like Bellins. Gelling like a felon. Cool. All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to do some quick cover thoughts. And we will start with Delvin. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, you want an A list Spidey villain? And at least as of Spider Man pre 200, Kingpin would be that. We wanted Keith Pollard to actually do pencils for the cover and pencils for the book. And he actually did it. Like, <laughs> he did it an- <laughs> once again i can't help but notice it says layouts layouts he did enough like you know what let's give him some credit like maybe he crossed the finish line you know in a wheelchair and this was not the special olympics but he crossed the finish line and so we will clap now <laughs> Got a Keith Pollard-ish cover, and you got Kingpin over Spidey in a dangerous position. The man has, looks like a chaise lounge, uh, and is about to bring it on Spidey's head, and that doesn't seem like a nice day. And Kingpin's decked out in his classic Kingpin costume, you know, with the white coat and the purple pants that somehow he's able to pull off. So lots of good positive things to say about the cover. And Jason looks like he's ready to comment. Let's pass it up to the Weasel Skull. Thank you, Delvin. Yeah, I really like this one. I agree with everything that you said. I'm going to add another little piece just for me personally. We've been doing this long enough now that I'm really invested in the storyline. So now mm. I've, I'm watching this and I feel like, oh, oh gosh, Kingpin is actually back. You know, he last I saw him, he, you know, apparently air quotes died falling off that crane into the water. And so this really grabs my interest. I'm okay, what's going to happen? And, you know, they don't have a ton of exposition on the cover. They let the cover speak for itself. And I think it's a darn fine cover. It's got the totally wrecked background in there. Kingpin just about ready to maul Spider-Man. I'm really into this one. And I'm going to pass it off to Pat. I think I, I'm feeling what you're feeling, too. It's been a while since we've seen Kingpin, so I was really excited to get to this. And I'm wondering, is this like a pivotal issue? Pivotal. Yes, that's what I said. Pivotal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or a issue that really means something. I mean, just that cover alone is striking enough for you to pull this in. Like Jason said, it's been, you know, so many issues. And, and they'll say that they'll say that in the story. So I thought it was like, oh man, I got to grab this thing and I got to read it and see what's happening, especially with the buildup that's been going on. I like the color contrasts that are going on here. I want to say there's not a lot going on in the background, but there is a lot going on in the background just with kind of the destruction, but it's not like overwhelming because what's really centers my eye is Kingpin and just that him kind of getting ready to throw that coach down on him. And I'm like, man, you're ruining your house. You must be really rich. I mean, he is. sit there and throw furniture around just like that. He is. is That's an expensive chaise lounge. Good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much that costs, but you wouldn't see me throwing that stuff around. I think you say something clever like, have a seat. (laughs) (laughs) 
Jared, so what's your far, thoughts so on the cover? <laughs> so far, so, so good. Far, yeah. So far, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> right? I guess. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Take a load off, fella. This, this is the final sleeper for you, Spider-Man. <laughs> There's no way you pull out of. Never mind. Anyway, um, yeah, it's all right. All right. No, no. That <laughs> you must guys be are the right. PCP talking. I mean, <laughs> shh, shh, shh. No, we're good. Okay. No, you guys are all right. This is the best cover we've had in a while. It's uh, not bad at all. Uses its space really well. It, it really fills up the cover. Great use of color. Great situation. Truth in advertising for the book. Really solid. Really solid. The best cover we've had in a while. Uh, although, as we mentioned earlier, we'll probably get into it later, you know, it looks like Pollard is still behind the eight ball. Not sure why. Again, we're not judging you, Keith, man. Maybe he had a rough time. Maybe he got sick. Maybe he had a problem with the family. I don't know. But he just has not gotten his feet under him since he got on this book. But this cover is pretty darn good. All right. Well, speaking about the cover and is it good or not, let's go ahead and get into some cover ratings. And just a reminder... If this is your first listen or your 53rd listen, we have a five rating system. One through five is five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feather. Four, (laughs) you really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Going against the grain of the tummy feather. Yes, yeah. If you're going to do it, you got to go with the grain. With the grain. And not with, yeah. Otherwise, you just, yeah, you ruffle it. Ugh. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, no. And you can't get it back. It's like, it's like a hair pollock or whatever that is. You can't, you know, <laughs> what do you do with that? You can't do anything with it. Uh, and as a reminder, I'm the one who has angel dust in the system. <laughs> <laughs> I just supply. <laughs> Aha, he admitted it. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, shh. Anyway. <laughs> Jason, what's your rating for this cover? I might be the high mark here. I'm going all in as a five. I like this one a lot. You know, the standard is, are we going to hang it on our wall? I think this might be one of the coolest Kingpin comic cover issues I've seen. My eyes lingered on this one for a while. I thought this one was just really good, and I would hang this one up on my wall. So five for me. I'll pass it to Delvin. (sighs) Jason, I want to be part of your get up crew. You know, everybody gets, gets up, but I'm not quite there. I looked at it. I'm like, ooh, striking. Very good. But it didn't find me. It, you know, forished me, you know, to make up a word entirely. So, so you're I, saying I, not a, not enough fiber. No, not mm-hmm. enough, not enough fiber at all. Um, just, uh, just forber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm at a four. Pat, what do you got, man? I agree with you, Devin. I am at a four. I can see where Jason's coming from on this. But I just think there was something missing there. I don't know what it is. But I, I do think once I read it, coming back to the cover, it definitely tells the story that's happening in here. So I can see where you, you're going all in on the five on that. Jared, five, four, or three, or two, or one. I don't know. If musical genius Joe November was here, probably 4.5. I totally respect Jason's five. I like it, but I'm going to land on the four. Very solid four. I like it quite a bit. I had a feeling I'd be dying on this hill alone. <laughs> I, I love the fact no, that you're I, in on it, though. I really do. Yeah, right. I really do. Yeah. And that's what's cool about you know all of this is we all have our own thoughts about it, and there were some that I liked, and there's some you didn't, and, and that's fine. That's yeah, cool. no, no, no. It's, it's uh, yeah. To me, it just kind of spoke to the the things that I'm looking for in a cover, and 
Like mm-hmm. I said, I liked it more from the Kingpin aspect than, mm-hmm. than the Spider-Man. Yeah, I agree. Definitely that Kingpin is menacing as all get out. And just to see Spider-Man just kind of really up front in your face there on the floor like that is wow. All right. Well, with that cover ratings out of the way, let's go ahead and get into the story synopsis. And that is brought to you by Delvin. That's me. Let's go. While attending a demonstration in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect, become a human spider. A Spider-Man. Stanley presents The Amazing Spider-Man. The title of this book was The Kingpin's Midnight Massacre. I can do a summary of this book that would take five seconds, but if I do that, Jared breaks out the screws and the thumbtacks. More like yard sale torture artists. Yeesh. So I guess you could say that there's some pressure for me to do a synopsis. I mean, I don't want to lose to a guy with a hook. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, he got me. He's referencing my bit. I'm sorry, I'll shut up. (laughs) Spidey wakes up to find the kingpin looming over him. Spidey asks, hey, kingpin, how's life? Kingpin says, taking forever. Then proceeds to tell a story about how he escaped their last encounter by saying the word Derek a lot. At the end of that story, Kingpin's wife, Vanessa, makes him promise to give up crime and gives him 24 hours to wrap up his affairs, of which 18 have gone by. And Kingpin wants to make sure that Spidey is dead by his hands before then. And so the fight begins. Spidey's heart is not in this fight. First, his right arm is broken, but more importantly, he found out some yet-to-be-revealed revelation of why Dr. Reinhardt might not be who he seems. I didn't want to be the one to tell him, but with those narrow hips, that girl can have more than six or seven children. That had nothing to do with the story at all. The battle slowly <laughs> turns Kingpin's way with the near end coming, with Kingpin literally collapsing part of the foundation of his mansion onto Spidey. Kingpin must have a really wide foot because he got both of them. And Spidey is just about finished. Kingpin points his laser cane ready to end things when midnight strikes and Vanessa is not willing to wait one more second. So Kingpin leaves with her and Spidey is left on the floor, broken and defeated. The only side story I forgot is it looks like Robbie Robertson is not convinced Jonah is sorry for his outburst previously. And so Robbie is out of here. Take that, you freaky piece of shit, Jonah. You don't mow another guy's lawn. Back to you, Pat. 
Oh, Delvin, thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Um, you definitely didn't go in the gutter. You definitely got a turkey on that. <laughs> Did you already have that done? Yes. Did we I, both I pick a- King Man? <laughs> We did, yes. Oh, my God. I did not realize this. Yeah. I was like, was he tweaking that when I was doing my cover description? Nope. That's why I said, don't tell him, because there's oh. more coming. Oh, my goodness. I was like, oh, I am shocked and flabbergasted, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And remember, we don't have a cow. We've got a bull. <laughs> I, I, the, the people at home can't see it, but I'm flexing my arms. Like I got my hair all wild. <laughs> Pat, have you seen the movie Kingpin? Honestly, no, I haven't. It's, so it's I've, I've heard good things about it's it. And I've heard things, and um, I believe I would have wanted to see that with Rick, but I think somebody has already done that one, so I'll have to watch it. But, you know, one of those things that got by me that I didn't get a chance to watch. I've heard lots and lots of good things about it. Anyway, why don't we go ahead and get to the bricker brack for this issue? Is it a first read or a reread, Jared? First read. Although I do believe we're coming dangerously close to me being like Jason on X Men. <laughs> we better start really enjoying these because I think we're getting close to where yeah. I started picking these up on the regular. All right. Jason, first read or reread? This is a first read for me as well. Wow. It is a first read for me, dare I ask, Delvin. I mean, you have to, right? It's a part of the show. Oh, I do, yeah. but Have to get around to everybody, so whether I ruin it or whether I don't, you know. (laughs) I don't remember reading it, Pat. Seriously. First read for me. First read, woohoo! It's a somewhat rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even do my part. Hold up. Jason and I were doing Three's Company. <laughs> PCP. Wake up, fellas. Wake up. Come on. Now. It's drifting over into my box now. <laughs> Getting the contact high over here. Seriously, kids, do not do drugs. <laughs> oh, we're all mixed up here. We're all mixed up. It's all fun in the dope show, kids. It's all fun. Well, you know what? You know, that's a good thing that we need to bring up is what are we going to do when we get into reread territory? So... Maybe somebody out there can think of something for us to do. Let's Maybe we got to like flip it around to where we celebrate when we've all read, read it. Read it. Yeah. <laughs> we could still use the same bit. Yeah. Because <laughs> we've That's all true. read it. It's like, yay, we read it. Reading We're Rainbow. literate. Yay. <laughs> we can read. Literacy is great. <laughs> oh, we could do that. Well, let's go ahead and get to some highs, lows, or what does for this issue. And we'll start with Jared. High, low, or what the? man um hi let's go high and this issue was an action-packed romp start to finish very engaging fast read action scenes were really cool yeah just uh this this was a big pick me up from you know i was listening to some of our older episodes and Mm -hmm. and this has been a depressing era we all talked about how wolfman was kind of really bringing Spider-Man down almost out of character. We had some debates about that. And this one feels right. Like he's just trying to get to Aunt May or the corpse of Aunt May. Uh, Speaking of which, no Boris corpse. So this one probably be about two for me. But anyway, uh, (laughs) he feels like he's in character almost like too much. Like I was like, why is he so witty and banterful when he's worried about the death of his Aunt May? But they explained that he was completely trying to keep Kingpin off of his feet. And, And I've probably taken a bunch of highs and low. Anyway, 
really good action-packed issue. That's how I'm going to leave it. Would you consider his banter a Spider-Man skill? Or yes. a yes. like like since he's gotten the God, power, yes. it gave him more confidence to say, Man, I could say whatever I want to somebody, and if they don't care about it, I'm gonna smack them up. <laughs> well, I think he learned early on that he can get under their skin. Uh-huh. You know, it's almost like you know, Muhammad Ali would do that, or Charles Barkley would do that in the NBA. You get under somebody's skin, you can mess up their game. And he's oftentimes fighting people who are more powerful than he is, and that's an edge for him. So yeah, I think that is a skill. And early on. To any Spidey file listening, a part of Peter Parker using that humor was to boost his own confidence by keeping, you know, the jokes and the banter going. He kept himself from being terrified about the fights that he was getting into as well. Mm -hmm. So it threw off his opponents. They found it super annoying, which was even more of a reason to get to it, because like Garrett said, it throws them off their game a lot of times. Uh, He's gotten under Kingpin's skin in the past. By calling him tubby and fat, because, you know, that's like a sticking point with Kingpin, even though he knows that he's not fat, he's just freaking huge and massive, but it still yeah, gets under his skin because he keeps it up. Yeah, I don't know how many times he was calling him tubbo and tubby and just. I've got my favorite one ready for. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know me. I, you know, There's I, tons I, to choose from in here. <laughs> I know. That I love the name calling, but it's like, man, OK, you can only call him, you know, think of a different one. Come on. Keep stop using the same old one. But maybe that's Marv. Just he couldn't come up. I, mean, I was I wait. I kept waiting and waiting. Where is the Chubbins? Oh, I can show you that. There's no Chubbins in here. We should pass that along. We should. Keep, keep. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. All right. Well, Delvin, you got a high low with the. Well, I'll keep on with the vein that Jared was talking about, and let's talk about content page twenty two. Uh, where uh, Kingpin and Spidey are just going at it. And I love that they just even put uh, the editor's nose, like sometimes we actually know when to keep our big mouth shut, Marvin Keith. They just let them slug it out. And I mean, and it was a good action sequence. I mean, with the lettering, you know, making that extra effect. And then mm-hmm. it ended with Kingpin getting that big crushing left cross that started the end of the fight. That was a very good action sequence. And it, it was the highlight of a issue long fight. They took the entire issue to tell the story of this fight, which was great because it basically was about a six hour fight. My goodness, six hours. They were going at it. So yeah, incredible. The only bugaboo I have about that is I almost wish they'd left the blurb off. Like it was funny, but it detracted from the art of the page. And I don't know if you guys know this, but I wrote a comic book called Hamilton versus Burr werewolf tale. And I'm currently in production of another one called Shipwrecker. Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But my point is, there are points in when I'm writing the script where there's a big action scene that comes next. And I just write, here's what needs to happen in the action scene over the next four pages. And I literally write, have fun with this to the artist. Because I want them to just have a blast. I like that page a lot, but I almost felt like, dang it, I wish they didn't put that blurb in there because it detracts from the art. But it was worth a snicker, so eh, no big deal. Yeah, I can see what your point Hang on a is, second, too. Pat. Uh, Hamilton versus Burr is available at my website, theyardsellers.com. Back to you, Pat. And, yeah, I can see what they were kind of doing here and putting that in there. Uh, I kind of felt the same way. I did snicker at it, and then the more I think about it, it's like, yeah, you know, they've always kind of put some funny stuff in some of the editor notes as well, too. And that's what I kind of like about reading this as well, too, is they're having fun themselves, the people making this as well. It could have done without. That was just a sweet page to see. And when you turned that page and saw that, I was like, oh, man, that's really cool. 
Jason, do you got a high, low, or what the? I'm going to just jump onto the fight train here. I mean, it's about two thirds of the book. They open up the book making a claim that this is going to be an action packed epic. And every time I see that, it's like I get my spider sense starts tingling. And then they started it out with the little backstory of how Kingpins survived, which was kind of interesting in all fairness. Mm-hmm. But then they, de- boy, did they deliver. You know, Delvin, early on, you said, I don't remember reading this book. I don't think I'll ever forget reading this book. This has got to be one of the most brutal, coolest fight scenes I've ever seen Spider-Man engaged in. And the fact that he had, he was fighting with one arm the whole time, that, to me, this is very memorable and just an enjoyable, action-packed issue. I don't know. Maybe it's the medication talking. It's the PCP or whatever. But uh, I really enjoyed this one. I'll pass it back to you, Pat. You know, you guys talked a lot about the action scene, and I totally agree. So I don't want to talk too much more about it because that was really the main meat and potatoes of this issue. What I liked is the little side part that they went away with one-page story with Jonah. Yes. And in one page, they put so much character movement in that development in there that I was just, I was kind of blown away. And it was nice because it was a good breakup of the fight scene that was going on. Got a little character moment, a little download. I really was feeling sad for Jonah. I'm like, man, you know, I was tugging at my heart there. And then next thing I turned the page, wow, bam, boom, bow. We got the fight going on again. So Jonah earned that though. Well, he did. He really did. Yeah, he overstepped. Yeah. What I liked is because he knew it and he admitted it too. And he's, Gloria's like, hey, are you all right? He's like, Rrr. He admitted it to himself. Yeah. He didn't admit it. He did not admit it publicly. He admitted it to himself. Leadership Tips with Jared says, if you're going to apologize, you apologize to the person and to everybody that was in the presence of that person when you were <laughs> it happened. Correct. Leadership, Leadership Tips with Jared. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Jason. Big in India. true story no i just want to tack on to say that jay jonah jameson might be the glue that holds this whole book together he he might be that that one thing he is he's like the guide gardener of this book he's the lovable a-hole like he totally a he's a he's a habitual line stepper (laughs) and he did it again and he lost robbie but then you see his humanity that he has the regret and he Deep down wishes he wasn't the way he was, and that that touches your heart. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to round two. Delvin, high, low, or what the for round two? I'll make this a what the because it's worth mentioning in the context of the book. You see who's coming up next, right? Yep. Who? Who's that? It's a Mysterio. Mystery. It's, it's Mysterio. Yes. I mean, that's weird. We hadn't gotten an inkling of... That why why is Mysterio coming up next? What does that have to do with anything? Haven't we got some Mysterio? Have have we? Huh? <laughs> We've got Mysterio ways. <laughs> that was terrible, Jason. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I'm. I'm simply. What are you saying? saying? This has been a rouge. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> you know how to pronounce that. Now, uh, yeah, so. Just saying, there's a reason I think Mysterio's coming and might have something to do with another storyline. I'll leave it at that. Stuff? Now you got me thinking mm-hmm. now. I, is it? I've said too. I've said too much. Oh. oh, you got my wheels turning now. I want. Oh, all right. The, the, the listeners can't hear. I can't see me, but I'm smiling at Pat now. 
So just, just something to hold on to. Something to hold on to. So, yeah, that's my what the. Now, see, that's what I like about doing this because you guys get me excited, more excited for the next issue than what I was before. And I'm like, oh, man, I can't wait to read the next issue now on this one because, oh, woo. All right. Well, let's go. Oh, I didn't hear that sound again. <laughs> oh, like <ooh>. I <laughs> well, I'm just a supplier. <laughs> anyway, Jared, high, low, or what the? Oh, man. I'm torn between two highs, and I don't want to pull a pat. So, do you want high number one or high number two, Pat? You can do it. You can pull a pat. Oh, well. <laughs> well, my high number one was. Something I love in comics is when they have a definitive victor. Comics cop out all the time. Movies cop out all the time when it's so-and-so versus so-and-so. And Kingpin won this fight, period. Mm-hmm. With pure tenacity and ferocity, granted it took a disabled Spider-Man with his broken arm. But kudos to Kingpin. He took it to a metahuman, and he took it all the way. So kudos to him for that. That is pretty awesome and a bold choice by the creative team to say, hey, he won this fight. Yep. I don't know if Kingpin could even beat Spider-Man with a broken arm now. He could 40 years ago. And I thought they told a very, very good story that it took a lot to take Spider-Man out. Like it, it took, I mean, he <laughs> he threw a house at him. He had to yeah. uh, pretty much tear down his Brought entire house, down, house just to get Spider-Man to that point that he may have been about to finish. Because Spidey was saying, I'm getting my strength back, I'm getting my strength back. He may have been able to dodge that uh, last blow that uh, Kingpin was aiming his way with the cane. But still, heck of a story. I'm not sure whether or not Spidey even gets to that position, but they did. A, you're right, Jared. An excellent job of having that hurt Spidey and a super, super determined kingpin in a fight. To, and and Spider-Man wasn't interested. He didn't he didn't want to fight. Good point. He just wanted to get out of there. So, yeah. but, but it added to it. Like, kingpin's ridiculous le- level of determination, plus Spidey's indifference, plus Spidey's injury. So, yeah. Well I'm told. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to throw a what the in there. As they're going through and beating up and wrecking this house, where's Vanessa? Wouldn't she hear all this going on? She gave him till midnight. Wait, that's the midnight. You'd be like, what year was this? 79? She was probably upstairs with some big old headphones on with the turntable going, you know, probably some KC in the Sunshine Band. <laughs> ABBA Arrival. That was a great album. Yeah, it's probably ABBA. Uh, yeah, ABBA. she's probably more of an ABBA gal. You're probably right. Yeah. She's no way you know when you do. Fernando, Ooh, yeah. uh, Dancing Queen. Yeah. <laughs> you are my dancing queen, young and yeah, sweet. That's probably what was Seventeen. Right. Could Somebody be. Somebody wound be. up, Jason. It was me. <laughs> you, you did. <laughs> you wound up. the beat of my tambourine. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like the dude who like touches the toy in the toy aisle and it starts like playing all the noises. In the time of our life. And I'm just like, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> See that girl Watch that scene Begin the dancing queen Friday night and the lights are low <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mamma mia We're getting way out of hand here oh, Let's go ahead and get to Jason High, low, or what the? 
Well, I'll go ahead and hide the end of the fight. I thought that that was very interesting how it ended. We started the fight with Spider-Man doing anything and everything he could to get out of that house. And Kingpin doing everything and anything he could to keep Spider-Man in that house and get those big, massive mitts around his neck. And by the end of it, it turned around. It was vice versa. It was Kingpin having Spider-Man at his mercy, and he chooses his love for his wife. He makes that choice. He makes a choice that Jonah doesn't make. He makes the choice to go with the person that he cares most about in this world and let Spider-Man go. And what does Spider-Man say at the end? He's like, get back here. This isn't finished. (laughs) Spider-Man went from wanting to go get his Aunt May to wanting to finish this fight. And I thought that was a very interesting twist. Well, I'm going to just add on to that. And how I took that ending is with how much Spider-Man is just getting beaten down and beaten down again and beaten down again. He got to that fight where he's like, oh, man, you know, I'm going to get you or you're going to get me or either, you know, just take me out because I have so much crap going on and I'm overwhelmed. I'm just take me out. He wouldn't finish it. It's like you get to somebody to that breaking point and then they want either that finish or they want to be the overcomer. Yeah. They don't get nothing. Yep. I was like, wow, that's real that's a total heavy defeat right there. Yeah, it was Kingpin was starting with uh risking losing everything and gave it up. You know, just gave it up at the end and and uh Spider Man uh, kind of went the other way on on that one. But understandably so, because at this point he was like he was fighting mad at this point, I think. Yeah. And like you said, he's been pushed to the brink. So understandable very interesting yeah definitely again i think this was a great way to continue to push him over that edge of just getting beaten down and man he got beat down really literally got beaten down on this one instead of some of the simpler ways of you didn't graduate me 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 you know yeah and i mean is is kingpin a metahuman because he was swinging that those weights like they were like I, I need Laurel to do the math on them. Uh, I stopped at a bazillion pounds. But, I mean, in all seriousness, there's at least like two tons of weight on that thing. And he's swinging it around like it was like it was they nothing. May have ex- they may have exaggerated a little bit. The answer is no, Jason. Kingpin is not a metahuman. But he is massively and incredibly strong. He's basically a sumo wrestler think that because i mean it's and they have they explain it a lot he looks big he looks massive it's not that is probably about 350 400 pounds of raw muscle so he's able to do incredible things like even when they mentioned his backstory silvermane tried to take him out mm-hmm. when he didn't realize who he was hit him with a car yeah. and it and it killed the guy who was driving the car <laughs> And it merely put Kingpin in the hospital. And so set his mind right. (laughs) Right. And allowed him to recover and get over the temporary amnesia that he suffered from. So he's he's not superhuman. He's just incredibly strong. You bring up that scene with the car. Can I get an extra what the moment? Go ahead. That scene with the car. He's still dripping wet from... Yeah, <laughs> that is just sweating from walking around. I thought, I like, like, yeah, they've been, they've been out of the water for a little while. Now. Yeah, 
Or Silvermane is really efficient. Like he was on this case. <laughs> Somebody saw the kingpin. Send the car. Send the car. Got him. <laughs> and he's just like, I just climbed out of the pipe. Give me a break. <laughs> I thought the same thing too. Like, where is this water coming from? I mean, after he says, I've been kind of wandering around for weeks or whatever. Like, okay. Yeah. But I don't know. Still a great story. Let's go ahead and find out to what our silly Spidey moment was for this issue. We'll go back to Jason. What's your silly Spidey? There's a lot to choose from. I chuckled at a couple uh, of the witticisms. I'll just pick one out of the hat. And I'll say there's the scene when he's fighting the kingpin and says, you're a glutton for punishment, as well as a glutton for everything else. I thought that that was quite fun. Fat shame in the kingpin. <laughs> I think there was a lot of that in this one. <laughs> Delvin, what's your silly Spidey? So there's plenty of funny bits, but I couldn't help it. I'm going with another ad since I have the original comic book, and it'll only take a second, but allow me to read this quick advertisement. <clears throat> we were on patrol when the spaceship landed. My partner and I split up to get a closer look, but before I knew it, I was captured by hostile aliens. I have just one request before you disintegrate me, I said. Can I finish my lunch? I calmly pulled out my banana talkie. It's a real walkie-talkie, but it looks like a Chiquita banana. Secretly, I beeped out our coordinates on the hidden Morse code button. Meanwhile, my partner used the banana compass to send help in our direction. Thanks to Chiquita bananas and some quick thinking, the invasion was stopped and the universe is once again saved from evil. What? <laughs> I don't even know what that I, I find the whole thing appealing. <laughs> who, in, <laughs> who in Chiquita Bananas company is like, you know what the world needs? A banana looking walkie talkie. The kids somebody will love was, it. Somebody was smoking pot. <laughs> so somebody slipped up over there at Chiquita. There's two, oh. there's two buns. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's, that's two funds. I'm going to say it potassium. Again. <laughs> I just did a potassium joke. Oh, somebody was smoking oh. pot. Pot, potassium. Oh, oh, oh no. hey, wait, 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 wait. I got a response to that. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, but you got it. But you got the joke. Uh, unfortunately, I yes, I you did. You got the joke. Element. You saw the periodic table. Okay, uh, potassium. That's a nerd joke, and you totally got it, Delvin. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no. Oh, well, I'm a nerd. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. So that was that's my silly spotty. I just saw that and was like, that has to be the dumbest <laughs> thing to advertise ever. Uh, a banana walkie-talkie. Okay, cool. <laughs> they could have a spokesman, Harry Belafonte. <laughs> Six foot, punch. <laughs> Daylight, come and me want a banana phone. <laughs> hello. I said hello. Daylight, oh, you guys come and me tonight. want a banana phone. All of a sudden, my pun <laughs> seems stupid. <laughs> <sighs> we need to get four of those for the next con. So we yeah, can like keep we track of walk them. around, yeah. Yes. Banana phones. Banana phones. They call each other on the con floor. Mm-hmm. That'd be fun time. Speaking of all fun time, Jarrett, what's your silly Spidey moment? Like Jason and well, like everybody said, there's so many to pick from, but I laughed the hardest. <laughs> Kingpin basically crashed a hole in his floor, and Spidey jumps through the hole, and as he's falling down, says, 
See you, Cuddles. And please try to remember that Weight Watchers meets every Wednesday. <laughs> that was going to be <laughs> mine, too. falling through the hole. I was like, what a great little exit line. Like, I got this little zinger in as I'm exiting the room. That and made my like, top three. Yeah. Oh, that one got me the, the most. And there were so many good ones. But, yeah. That was, my, that, that was mine as well, too. My runner-up uh, was uh, on the same one where he had the glutton for punishment. One of the last panels has Spider-Man... Uh, Whapping Kingpin, and he says, Spidey versus the Bad Year Blimp. I thought that was a good one, too. Also funny. Yes. Yeah. Yep, that was my other one in the top three. (laughs) All right. Well, with the silly Spidey moment out of the way, let's go ahead and get to a rating for this issue. And it's a one through five rating here. Five is you loved it. It tickled your tummy feathers. Four, really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it, and one you hated it. It ruffled your tummy feathers. Ooh. Let's find out, Delvin. One through five. Reading the room like I'm reading it, looking at Jason, looking at Jared, looking at mm-hmm. Pat, looking yeah, at looking you at three. You. you guys are looking at me. Get the feeling that we're about to have, you know, everybody get up. That's what I'm thinking. This is a five. I mean, it was an all-out brawl. It wasn't a senseless brawl. It had a very good purpose. With Spidey up against the wall, figuratively and literally in some cases, and it delivered. It was a great fight, and Spidey is still didn't hadn't gotten to his destination and just suffered a crippling defeat, and still has to get up and keep going. And that that Spider Man, he has to pick himself up even in the face of the most crushing defeats and keep moving. So excellent issue. That this is a five, Jason. I was afraid I was going to be the lone five again here on the on top of the pyramid. I agree with everything Delvin said. In addition, this was an issue where Spider-Man takes the physical beating on top of the emotional beating he's been getting in the issues previous. And yet at the end, he's still there. He's still fighting. And that really, really got to me. Plus, it had... I don't know if I just really like the the Kingpin because I don't get to see him all that much because I I normally read the X-Men titles and the Avengers titles. He's not really into many of those, but just having the Kingpin in this thing was really cool to me and seeing his relationship with Vanessa. All the elements were there for a great story. So I agree, and I'll throw another five on the pile. Jared? Well, boys, I'm going to have to go for... (gasps) You son... Wait, wait, let me finish my sentence. I'm going to have to go four of five. (laughs) Like you said, I was leaning towards four, but Delvin, you convinced me because I was like, it was almost too much brawl and not enough story, you know, moving forward. But when you said that the fight had a purpose and a definition and it did guide the story, I was like, he's right. It's a five. And so you have the the distinguished gentleman from North Carolina has... uh, wooed me into five territory so pat you're the only one who can screw this up just gonna say this everybody get up now one, one two, two three three four i don't even gotta say anything you guys said it all so five 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 this was definitely a great issue and a good somewhat build up too but i think there's still more coming obviously someone's telling me there is so we're waiting to see. Well, you know we're approaching 200, and they're mm-hmm. going to want to sure. pull a rabbit out of their hat for that. In fact, mm-hmm. like this issue was so good, I was like, 
I don't know how else to say this, so if you may have to edit, did they blow their water early here? Because I was like, wait, we haven't got to 200. Oh, ski, 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 ski. <laughs> I was like, man. And then I saw what was coming next, and the little light bulb went ding, 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 ding. And I went, oh, I'm starting to remember some stuff. I have no idea what's coming next. Yeah, I, I don't know either, and I haven't looked at any of the covers, you know, the next few covers. So I, I kind of, I mean, I saw the cover that's next, but still, I didn't put two and two together. I, you know, I got duped again. We'll see. Maybe I'm, I'm trying to keep. Do. I'm trying to keep my palate clean. Anyway, I'm enjoying these. I'm yeah. enjoying the ride. Keep it I'm, coming. Keep it yeah. coming. Having fun with these. We're in the good spot right now. We're in the sweet spot with these right now. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, with that, it's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Longbox Crusade Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page, and we will be right back. Born out of violence, adopted in chaos, teenager Cassandra Kane is seeking the answer to a question. If nurture can undo nature, raised to be an assassin, Cassandra is trying to burn the pages of her past and write a whole new future. So- Write to us at thehuntresspodcast.com or go to Twitter at Huntress Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your other podcatchers. This podcast shares a feed with the Huntress Podcast, the Bad Girl Cassandra Kane Podcast. Cheers. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode, which is determined by our Crusader Club members. Club members get to vote on this segment using the online poll only on the Longbox Crusade page at patreon.com. As always, we want to thank our Crusader Club members for voting to help determine the programming for this show. If you want to get in on the voting and all the amazing benefits of being a Crusaders Club member, just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. You can join in for as little as $1 per month and help determine what each episode's second feature will be. For this episode, the Crusader Club members selected The Flash 278. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics, and it is published by DC. It's got a cover date of October 1979, but its on-sale date was July 5th, 1979. Cover price is 40 cents. Editor was Ross Andrew. Writer is Carrie Bates. Penciler... Alex Saviak. Inker is Frank Carimante. We do it for Espadito. We can do it for Carimante. I love it. Letters Milton Snappin. No, it's not. No? Get it. Snappin. Snapped. That's what he did. I'm going to get it. I'm back on mute. 
colorist is Gene D'Angelo. Brown sugar, babe. I get so high off your love, I don't know how to behave. Now it's their turn. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all don't know D'Angelo? No. Oh, Pat. I didn't, I, I didn't I, expect Jason to know, but Pat? I, maybe I... I Come on, that's some that's some baby-making music in the 90s, man. Maybe I should. I met her in Philly and I named you gotta get that. You gotta get that opportunity to do that, Delvin. Mm. See, we be making love constantly. That's not a smooth man like you. Blood burgundy. Come on, man. I made two babies in the 90s, both to the tune of Pour Some Sugar on. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer the Wonder Woman TV theme song. (laughs) Let's get moving here. Let's get moving here. This is too much, too much. Uh, This was reprinted in uh, Flash 278, the variant. Let's also get into some cover credits. The artist was Dick Giordano. All right, well, speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get a cover description from Jared. Who doesn't love some dick? Giordano. First of all, I'm so depressed you don't get the D'Angelo re- reference, Pat. I just, right? <laughs> how that one missed your DJ life? I I can't, my brain won't wrap around it. That was a jam, son. 1995-ish, four, five, six. Hmm. You know, Genuine was hot. With, no, no Genuine. That's well, He's but, definitely in that vein. Okay. I have a feeling all right. we're all going to know it by the release of this episode. Probably so. <laughs> Question for Delvin. Alex Saviak, Web of Spidey artist for a while? Yes, sir. Uh, I think I met him at a con in Daytona. Anyway, let's not reminisce about how cool I am. Let's do a cover description. Please. You don't have to say it like that, Pat. Well, you kind of did, but all right. Anyway, here we go. And stay with me on this. Let me know when you get the bit. Doesn't matter because I'm not going to stop. It's the classic DC Bullet logo in black and white, and it's the classic Flash logo in red. The main action shows a pleased-as-punch Captain Boomerang throwing some electrified boomerangs around Flash, bringing him to an unexpected halt. Two cover blurbs. Can Flash survive the deadly assault of Captain Boomerang? And you must read Road to Oblivion. Oblivion to Road read must you and Boomerang Captain... Of Assault, Deadly, The Survive Flash, can blurbs cover to halt unexpected and to him bringing Flash the around boomerangs electrified, some throwing boomerang Captain Punch as pleased, a show's action main, the red in logo Flash Classic, the it's and white and black in logo bullet DC Classic, the it's. Why did you read it in reverse? It boomerang. Boomerang. <laughs> boomerang. There we go. <laughs> I did all that for a boomerang back joke. I was, Cranky. I, was, I was like, I saw what you were doing, but I'm like, why is the eye? And he threw it out. And, 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 then, it, and, <laughs> and then he only was in the issue for like five pages, and I felt stupid afterwards. <laughs> I thought my fever was coming back. <laughs> it started making sense to Jason. He was like, mm-hmm, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, let's go ahead and get some quick cover thoughts, and we will start with Delvin this time. I like it. I thought that it just, it's a very cool action cover. I know it's kind of weird. I don't know how best to depict a boomerang throwing a throw. So, you know, that disregarded, it's cool. I thought Captain Boomerang's classic costume was pretty uh, cool and just kind of silly and gaudy. And the flash looked like he was kind of in a bad spot, but always kinetic and dynamic. And I like the Flash logo as well. It's just simple. But like those action lines in the logo make it look really cool, too. 
and that yellow backdrop in the room, all of that at, together is just a lot of fantastic coloring and action. So it's a very, very good cover. Jared, I saw you nodding. So uh, give me some more amens, brother. I was giving you a big amen on the color scheme with the yellow background, which makes the Flash logo just leap off the page at the top. You know, yellow and red Flash, they always go together. Boomerang's outfit, like you said, is looking tight. The space is really well used with the action being right there in the center of the page. And just enough of that, like, flowing yellow, less action as we get up to the Flash logo, which has motion in and of itself. This is a fantastic cover. It's Dick Giordano at the top of his game. Yeah, you can you hear the excitement? Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a frame. It's going to my wall. We all see where this is going. Yeah. And I'll pass it to Jason. <laughs> I agree that technically this is a great cover. There's a couple little issues that distract it from me. Number one is this is by far the least interesting thing that happens in the comic. But Number, but it does happen. It does happen. That well, is, you're right. Sure. Is that, that is true. Part. That is true. I was kind of geared up for a Captain Boomerang showdown, which perhaps it's not fair to rely so heavily on the cover for that, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. The other thing is, too, is just Captain Boomerang's costume just never really easy stuck with me. The guy Aww. looks like he should be serving me a drink in a magazine on a 1960s <laughs> air flight, man. I, like, I, I'm sorry. He just doesn't look intimidating or cool or anything. I'm leaving uh, the show. <laughs> sorry. just wow, not- I, I don't know. Did you guys switch your... You know, <laughs> here or something. I don't know what's going on here. PCP's wearing off on me. It's it's picking up on Jason. <laughs> but I do really like the cover. Everything you guys said is technically correct. Those are just kind of the two little things that are boat anchoring me on on this particular issue. I'll pass it to Pat. I can kind of see where you're coming from. My question to you guys is: the Flash logo. You don't think it's too flashy? Okay, that's your. Bit. Well, moving on. Yeah, that's that was my bit. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I know where the cricket chirps are going. He's going to either yeah. put his own laugh track in, or he's going to put in his cricket chirps. It's really <laughs> you better have some integrity and put some crickets. <laughs> chirps, yeah, he's going to have like a thirty-second laugh track. <laughs> All right. Well, moving forward from that one, I liked it as well too. I liked the speed lines. It's always interesting how they put flash in motion and to see how they do that with him. Captain Boomerang, I don't know too much about him besides what I've heard or listened to on other podcasts. So I found that interesting. I'm like, oh, we're going to get some Captain Boomerang on here and we'll see about that. He throws but, boomerangs. Or that's what I've heard. That's his thing. He must you know be really like good him. at it. He got, you know, captain status for it. Yeah. You know who is like him in the Marvel Universe? Who? Boomerang. 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 Uh, but he's not a captain. <laughs> yeah. He is uh, not. He is not a captain. He's enlisted. Private Boomerang! You do bring up a good point, is comparing this to the Spider-Man cover, you know, I'm like, eh, you know, there's difference in there between them, and which is really cool, I think, is you have the Marvel way and and just the story that's going on there, and then you have this kind of fun story and all that going on on the DC side, and they kind of have that going on with their covers and their cover choices. Maybe it's the color choices that are really, you know, poppy and lively with the yellow and the orange and the red. Just kind of feel like fun stuff is happening here. So let's go ahead and find out what we think of the cover with some cover ratings. And I think Jared gave his away, but we'll see how the other guys feel. As a reminder, it's a one through five. Five is you loved it. Four, really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, 
didn't like it and one you hated it. So, Delvin, one through five. It's interesting that you brought up the Spidey cover because I am at about the same level as I am with the Spidey cover. I thought both covers were very, very good. And, you know, Jared's already spoiled what he's going to give. I cannot blame him at all for it because it's a fantastic cover. But I'm at a four on it. It it just didn't push me to that five level. But it was really good. Let's give it to you, Pat. What do you think? I am with you as well, too, on a four. I thought it was very good. It just didn't – something didn't push me over the edge to get up to that five level. And maybe Jarrett can explain to it if he's going to give it a five. Tell us what it is. What What am I missing? What am I not seeing here? Oh, you're asking me? I'll tell you. Okay, yeah, I'm totally giving giving it a five, uh, and I'll tell you why. Love the color scheme. Love the action. There's so much energy on the cover. Love that we have an A-list villain, even though, to Jason's point, he didn't really last long enough in the comics. But while that is maybe a dip on this issue, what really pulls me back to five level is this Carrie Bates run of The Flash of Who Killed uh, Mm -hmm. Iris West or Iris Allen. I think it's Iris Allen at this point. It's hard to keep up in Flash. Who Killed Iris? is a really good story. We are in the middle of one of the best Flash story arcs that's ever been written. So, heck yes, I'm putting this on my wall. This is a five all day long. I've not heard you that excited. Yeah. Okay, well, a little backstory. Uh, um, Not too long ago, maybe a year ago, I did some bin diving at the Buy 5, Get 5 free at the 2nd and Charles. And I bin dove a fair amount of these Carrie Bates era Flashes. They had them on a really good deal. I'd heard good things. I finally sat down and read them. And this, like I said, I've read a lot of Flash and I like Flash, but this is a story arc that will get retro Flash fans talking because this is a really cool one. As I think you all discovered, pretty much once we got the boomerang stuff out of the way, the story got better. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I love the storyline. I love Dick Giordano's art. I love the colors. I love the A-list bad guy. It's a five. Jason. I'm glad that Jared gave that explanation. I'm still going to hold it as at a four, but I will agree with Jared as we get into the story part of this. I was really shocked and surprised at how engaging the story was. Going back to the cover, though, I just asked myself, is this one that I'm going to put up on the wall? Do I really want to Captain Boomerang and Flash? And even though you're right, technically there's nothing wrong with the cover, it just didn't quite make it to the five level to hang up on the wall for me. Story's another matter, and we'll get into that momentarily. Flash almost suffers in the same way that Batman does, in that his rogues gallery is really deep. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of A-list Flash villains, but I don't know about you guys, and I know I may be stretching the show out, but who do you consider his A-list villain? You know, Boomerang's got to be up there. Uh, Heatwave, I think he made an appearance in this issue. Professor Zoom. I'll pass it around. Captain, Captain Cold. Cold. Yeah, yeah, it's a mirror, mirror Master. Weather Wizard. Wizard. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Piper. Heat yeah. Reverse Flash. I don't yeah. know. So, which one's your favorite? Let's go around real quick, Pat. I was like Reverse Flash. Or, That's wrong. Know, Delvin? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Reverse <laughs> Flash is awesome. I'm with him because Reverse Flash has, I mean, give, he has given Flash, I mean, <laughs> his whole family hates him. Like, they hate each other so bad that, like, uh, freaking. Uh, the Thons? Kid, yeah, the Thons. Like, the kid version of the Thon hates Impulse. It's like, <laughs> I like you. <laughs> you're you're one of those good guys. You're Speedster. I hate you. I'm Thon. Wait, not Flip Flip. That's Spider-Man. 
There we go. He goes, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> All right, Pat, you got a good one in. You got your good one in with your thaw and song. Jason. I'm going to go Captain Cold. I think that he's one of the most interesting villains for me because he can kind of go either way. He's got his own code of ethics. He's pretty complicated. He's got his relationship with his sister. So every time Captain Cold shows up, something interesting always seems to happen. And ultimately, I think I will agree with you. I think Captain Cold is probably my favorite. I mean, I have a Flash statue, and that's what the statue's up. Flash being frozen by Captain Cold in mid-run. It's a cool statue. So I, I think ultimately, I will give it to Captain Cold. But all the other ones are so cool. There's not a, It's like Batman or Spider-Man. Yeah. They, they have the deepest and best rogues gallery in comics. Yeah. Anyway, sorry I distracted us. No, good, good conversation. With the cover description and ratings out of the way, let's go ahead and get to some story synopsis by Jason. is titled Road to Oblivion. So, okay, boys, we kind of literally came late to the party on this one. Apparently, someone has murdered Iris Allen at a costume fundraiser where everyone signed in as their favorite heroes and villains. In an understandable fit of rage, Flash and his alter ego, Barry Allen, are on the case. As Flash, the Scarlet Speedster is leaving bait in the form of fake, unprotected jewels vulnerable to his rogues gallery suspects. Initially facing off against Captain Boomerang, after a brief tussle, he eliminates him from suspicion. As Barry Allen, he returns to the scene of the crime and discovers a valuable clue, a Sandman costume discarded in the bushes. As Heatwave trips another fake jeweled flash trap, however, he is surprised by another supervillain, the demented Yorkin, who has the power to leech the life force from his victims through fear. With Heatwave about to be murdered by Yorkin, Flash temporarily abandons his quest to interrogate the rogue in order to save his erstwhile enemy's life. In the ensuing battle, however, Flash is terrified to discover that he cannot break Yorkin's grip. As he feels his life force slipping away, we are left to wonder if our hero is going to join poor Iris in the obituaries. Back to you, Pat. All right, Jason. Thank you for that quick synopsis. Eh, quick's relative. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to the brick or brack for this issue. Is it a first read or a reread, Delvin? First read for me, Pat. Jason. First read. Jared? Oh. I know you're worried, but don't be. This was the only issue I didn't get <gasps> out of the entire I story. Was I was worried. This was the only one I didn't <gasps> get in my bundle. So first <laughs> read. <laughs> 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 Ooh, it's a first read for me, too, so I'm going to read it. Reading, 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 rainbow. Rainbow. 
Ah, it's good to have that. All right. Well, let's go get into some highs, lows, or what does. And we will start with Jason. I'll start it off with a high off the bat. This wasn't what I expected when I Mm. read the comic. And that's a good thing. When I, again, going back at the issue of beating a dead horse, when I looked at the cover, I was like, oh, this is kind of going to be a silly Flash versus Captain Boomerang fight. But what we got was a really intense mystery. And I was sucked right in like, holy cow, Iris is dead. What's going on with this party? Why am I just jumping in the middle of this here? But the comic did a really good job of kind of catching us up. So we had all of the basic elements. And I feel like at this point in time, I'm riding side by side with Flash trying to figure out who killed his wife. And, uh, you know, let's go get some revenge. So good job by the writer on this one. A really good in-depth plot line. Second that, definitely. Dylan. I started collecting Flash in the mid-90s. The guys uh, at Auburn, I can't remember that. Mike and Jim, I think their names were, Jared, uh, seems to be ringing a bell. And they were huge on Flash. Jeff Johns was writing it at the time. And he rebuilt the rogues gallery and everything. So I wasn't familiar with the name. Um, Jared, who's the, uh, the writer's name? Carrie, Carrie Bates. Carrie Bates. Bates. Uh, so I didn't know what to expect. And the reason why I'm bringing uh, up that, you know, fast forward about, you know, 15 or so years into the future is that I don't remember reading any Flash mysteries during that time frame. A lot of action stuff and things, but I don't remember. Well, it was a different Flash. It was Wally West. It wasn't Barry Allen, who is a crime detective. So maybe that was it. So it was an interesting story. And I didn't know that Iris had passed away. So it brought up some interesting elements that kept me turning the page because I thought in my ignorance that this might be like, I don't know, a two or three issue whodunit maybe. And the way that Jared very enthusiastically described it, clearly I'm wrong about that. And this was a laid out story arc. So good read, interesting read. What do you think, Jared? Well, you know, I glow about it all night if I could. So let me get my picadillos out of the way in round one. First of all, I'm going to give a low to X-Men. We keep uh, going back to read X-Men. And I was mad when I found out this Carrie Bates storyline was going and we wasted all this time on non-Flash comics. Ooh, Jerry Boo. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, got me reading about Arcade capturing Colleen Winger plus two other girls and I could have been reading Carrie Bates Flash this whole time. No, um, I just love this storyline, clearly. I, I don't mean to pick on X. Well, I do, but uh, it's all in good fun. Uh, the other low that I have to go with is, like we talked about, the first scene is is almost felt generic 70s Flash. You know, like, oh, Captain uh, Boomerang fell from my trap, and now we fight. And, oh, yeah, you know, it, it was just like real fast, no pun intended. and just felt a little flat and that made me nervous because i was like wait a minute this isn't the story arc that i thought it was oh wait yes it was so once we got past that it was pretty good and i'm pulling a pat here i want to pick on one specific thing captain boomerang calls them his explodo boomerangs (laughs) i'm like dude i've never worked a day for captain boomerang in his publicity department but i mean like here comes the boomerangs. That's off the top of my head. Yeah, tick, tick, boom. tick, boomerangs. Yeah. You know, was also another way you could have gone in that. Explodo boomerangs. Come on, man. You got the word boom right there. Do better. Do better, Captain. Those are the only little I'm going to talk about, though. 
I'll gush a whole bunch more in round two. I'm not even sure about what yet, but I'll think of something. Pat, yeah. round out this round for us with your highs or more highs. All right. Well, I agree with Jason on this is I wasn't sure what I was going to get into in reading this one and starting to read the Captain Cold few pages of it. I'm like, okay, you know, here's where we're going. Once he got done fighting him, then it just took that turn into going into, like you said, your, the kind of main story. So that Captain Cold, yeah, I had to eat that filler, you know. Yeah, Captain Boomerang. Captain Boomerang. Yeah, or Captain Boomerang. Had to eat that filler. And, well, that show just shows you how much I really cared about that. Yeah, <laughs> it, seriously, it's just like a little speed bump on the way. They, I think they were just like, we need to get an A-list villain on the cover real soon yeah. so people <laughs> pick up the storyline. And so I like that idea of this guy having a masquerade party and looks like Barry went as himself. And I a crafty bastard. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what am I going to wear? I don't know. <laughs> it looks so authentic. Yeah. You look just <laughs> wait a minute. Are you? <laughs> Be like that when Charlie Chaplin came in second in the Charlie Chaplin, Chaplin look alike uh, contest. <laughs> That's a true story. Maybe Barry had like a, you know, five o'clock shadow going on or something. Who knows? You know, just to throw him off and go, oh, well, you know, Flash is clean shaven. But anyway, I thought it was very cool. And then you get into this whole mystery of what's going on. Carrie Bates did a great job of filling us in for our first-time readers of what's happening. So I am really interested in figuring out this mystery of what has happened. So they definitely pulled and sucked me in on this one. Let's go ahead and get to round two. We will, again, start with Jason. Thanks, Pat. Yeah, I was originally going to kind of pan on the fight against Captain Boomerang, but I think you guys said it all. I'm going to switch over to the positive and go with that fight against Yorkin, who is a pretty interesting character, by the way, I thought. But the thing that I liked about it was that he's in the middle of fighting Heat Wave. Yorkin attacks, and Yorkin is basically killing Heat Wave. And Flash does something which I thought was just heroic, you know, just kind of drops the investigation and switches over to save Heat Wave's life, which I really appreciated that element. It was a good fight, but it was made even better because it really showed the heart and character of the Flash. And I appreciated that that particular scene. Does he save him, though? I don't know. You know. Well, I think wow. we're left to wonder. I think, you know, yeah. it wasn't looking good for old Heat Wave. No. Heat Wave's still around, so I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling he's going to pull through, but he was not looking good. But is it like a second Heat Wave or something? Like, did this one, because of this, pass away? I, I want to know. I think he's going to make it. You think yeah, I think there was a second heat wave. They called him El Nino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm mad at myself for laughing. <laughs> Too late. Can't <laughs> laugh. I tried to, I tried to, mute, I tried to mute myself. I was like, I'll mute myself before I laugh. Delvin, what do you got a high lower with the? I thought Yorkin was interesting, but a little creepy. So I guess that's a what, though. Like, He's all mixed up. Don't know what to do. <laughs> going a little 311 there. See, what I was going with, I was trying to find a way to fit, especially, you know, like they had a scene in the movies, you know, and I was going to say something like, you know, when everything, everything feels like the movies. Feels like the movies. Yeah, you bleed just to know you're alive. And I don't want the Because that's Iris. But again, it's the kind of half completed. It's like, I was. Eh, that was yeah. just making joke parts tonight. Like, <laughs> your own joke. 
Yeah, it's a build your own joke. Joke buffet. Just take what Take a bit of it. Maybe maybe it's funny to you later. Maybe it's not. I don't know. It's a bits buffet. Like. Yeah, you want to throw some mashed cheese with your cream pie? Go ahead. Yeah, put, yeah, put it on your plate if you want it. If you don't, you know, just get a new plate. It's okay. All right. Uh, yeah, so Yorkin was a little bit creepy, and what they kept doing throughout the entire uh, issue was like Flash was just vib- his solution to everything was just vibrating through everything, and it was kind of getting a little bit dull and repetitive. But maybe they set that up because when he tried to do it with Yorkin, it actually just fed into Yorkin's thing, and so Flash is going to have to be more of a scientist since. Flash has never really been a fighter because he is a fighter. You know, there's kind of a solution if somebody kind of attacked you from behind like Yorkin did that he could get out of. And he didn't think of that. And so he's like, I don't know what to do. And he started freaking out, which, of course, fed more into Yorkin's thing. So I'm interested to see what would happen next issue. Like my entire what, though, would be I wasn't fully sold on Yorkin, but I did think it was a good sell of them selling what Yorkin as a bad guy was good at and how it fed into being a problem for flash. I agree with that. I was kind of interested in finding out more about Yorkin as well too. I'm like, this is guy is really interesting and let's see where it goes. So Jared, uh, just a little heads up to you guys. Uh, Yorkin will actually get sorted out and he will start his own pest control company. I knew it. I knew it was going to be the Yorkin man. <laughs> oh, the bit, the bit buffet just keep. I thought it was full, but man, this, this reminds just, me of an outtake. Now this is just gluttony. <laughs> we had an outtake in a recent episode where Pat was like, "I'm trying to do a show, and it's just like bits and bits and bits and bits and bits." It's the secret of the show. All right, I'll I'll stop. You know what? Let's give a little nod to Alex Saviak, who again I immediately associated with the web of Spider Man. Delvin backed me up on that. He must have been pretty young then when he was doing this in 79. And this is really quite good. And there's a lot going on on each page. He's packing in the panels. It feels very um, Spider-Man to me, like Ross Andrews. And of course, Ross Andrews is the editor. So there's probably an influence there, which I thought was cool because we kept asking ourselves, what did Ross Andrew do oh, yeah, after yeah, he left yeah, Spider-Man? Yeah. Now yep. we know <laughs> he's editing Flash at DC. Wish he had stayed drawn Spider-Man, but, you know, maybe he needed to take a break from pencils or maybe this was a bump up in salary. Maybe. 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 But I, I, maybe it's just mental, but I saw some heads nodding. I feel like there's a Ross Andrew influence in these page layouts and the execution by Alex. So it gave me a Spider-Man vibe and that's, that's a good vibe to have. So good looking art i've already gushed about the story and how much i like it Th- this whole story arc is really cool i uh, definitely recommend uh, anybody to continue this one so you can find out who the killer was and where it goes from there uh but for now i will take my leave that is yorkin I'm man orkin out i was gonna agree with you too on the art that's what i was gonna bring up um just enjoying how they always have that that flash shadowy Art that goes, I don't know what you would call that, but, you know, it's like Flash doing movements. Showing mm-hmm. that Which, again, they do a lot in Spidey, because he's doing a lot of agility Correct, stuff. So yeah. That, again, that vibe. Yep. So, I totally agree. I really enjoyed the artwork in here. It really sold this story and kept it moving forward. This was another one that I was page-turning, just like the Spider-Man issue. I was page-turning both of these, and I'm like, man, I gotta read two books, and I gotta, can I do it? I did them back-to-back, and I sat down, and I enjoyed them all. So... That tells me something where I wasn't a drag 
to do what you know what we do every week and i enjoyed doing it so i'm going to do a quick drop in just for the listeners by the way this issue is available on the dc app so if you have that you can read it there i don't know if i got more of these in my collection i have to double check i didn't look forward I, you so. might have been the guy i sent mine to when i finished reading them <laughs> I, think, <laughs> so I, I think, think so yeah. i think i got a lot I, more somehow i don't you. think i read this one though i like i said i think this was a first read i might have sent it to you by an accidentally didn't read it, or maybe you already owned it i don't know could have been one that i found too yep but i know you did send me some of these flash era ones as well too so mm-hmm. we'll see what comes up all right well with the high lows and what does out of the way let's get into who was supersonic for this issue you know who was that yeah who made you go yeah yeah that's it that's it oh i'm very amused that's the one song that me and my wife can sit there and sing the beginning from front to end about it, and our kids will just look at us and shake their heads. At yes, us. very much like the tag team commercial where <laughs> the girl the girl just sees them and just like, oh, just <laughs> that that makes the commercial. By the way, yes. the commercial is already awesome, but then like the girl who looked and just like, oh, the and runs goes, away. Yeah, my favorite part is when the dad just buys in, like hundred yeah. percent, just buys in, and at the same time, his teenage daughter is like, nope, <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh. All right, well, let's find out. Jared, who is your supersonic? Call me simplistic, but I'm going to give it to the Flash. I mean, he's got a good plan of roping in with the fake jewels, you know, to conduct his investigation. He's also conducting it from the Barry Allen side. And like Jason said, he had a heroic moment of saving one of his biggest enemies at the end because that's what heroes do. So, yeah, it's the Flash. Jason. Yeah, I was scrolling through here to see if I could find somebody else that I might consider, but I got to roll Flash as well. I really like that heroic moment saving Heatwave. Plus, he kind of had a cool move against Boomerang where he, he created such a, a windstorm that he literally made Boomerang punch himself out. I thought that was <laughs> Quit hitting yourself. Quit hitting yourself. <laughs> Quit hitting yourself move. That baller right there. Delvin? I'm with the lads. The I think yeah, I think it's Barry. Um did a lot to drive it. I liked his determination. And I would, of course, hope he is determined when his wife had died. But it, they, he went through several beats of where even Captain Boomerang, after he suffered a defeat, but all Flash was there was for information. He's like, he didn't even, <laughs> I, I stole something. And he didn't even take it. Like, what is going on? So that set the tone for the issue. And, um, Barry was there the entire time, so uh, feeding off those beats and being the person that was leading them. So I think it's Barry. What do you think, Pat? I'm going to agree with all three of you guys that it's Barry for me, too. He is definitely a, the supersonic for this issue. It was just all him figuring it all out. Did you guys catch the nod to a comic we've read on Crusademus in this issue? No, sir. What? What is it? I'm cheating a little bit because it's the comic that we read for Crusaders is also the same name as a movie, and it's the movie that was playing at the theater that they go to. It's uh, Planet of the Vampire, which, uh, which is a comic did... that we read. Wasn't that a uh, Larry Hama book? That was a Larry Hama we, book? We read yeah. for Crusaders. Chris at BTO. Bat books. <laughs> books. Let it roll. <laughs> Brought that, yes. So a little bit wondering. of a cheat, because I don't know if they were necessarily referencing the comic, probably the movie, but because uh, I think the comic is actually plural, Planet of the Vampires, 
or Planet mm. of Vampires. This is Planet of the Vampire, which was a late 60s movie. Yeah, still a good catch. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into the ratings for this issue. It's a one through five rating. Five is you loved it. Four, really liked it. Three, liked it. Two, didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It sucked your energy force out in a flash. <sighs> let's find out, Jared. One through five. Oh, you guys know I'm pretty big on this one. I think I'm going to land on a four. I think maybe just a little too much of your canned fight with Captain Boomerang at the beginning. Although, you know, I respect the action. Joe November was here, definitely 4.5, but I'm going to land on a strong four for this one, knowing that there's some issues in this story arc that would probably get fives. But this one was a good one, a good continuation, so strong four. And with that, I'll give it to Delvin. Jared, it's because of you. I was going to give it a three. I'm going to give it a four now. I liked how really uh, happy and enthusiastic you were to read this arc. And so it's making me think that there was a lot more to this issue than I realized. And even what I found in the issue, the whodunit, whodunits are always good if they're well done. And this seems like a pretty good whodunit to where, you know, Flash can't just run around the city and immediately find out what's going on. And it was made even tougher by uh, the person whose house it was. The guest list was just the list of the uh, heroes and villains who came in, not the actual people. So that makes it even doubly tough to figure out who did what, like to where Flash actually has to chase down the villains themselves and see if they know anything about it. So really good twist there. So it's a four, a really good book. Jason. Well, I'll tell you, when I started the book, I started reading it. I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to find something really good to give this one a three. I'm going to struggle here. Then it kind of turned the page after the Captain Boomerang fight, and I found myself neck deep in that Who Killed Iris mystery. I was all in at a four. And then um, yeah, I was really criticizing Flash for leaving Captain Boomerang with the jewels. I was like, that's silly. And then they explained it, you know, that it was that they were fake jewels and was just a lure to get him to come out anyway. And so I kind of went all the way from a three. I'm going to land on a five. I'm all in on this one. Oh. I, it left me at a cliffhanger. I would definitely pick this book up and see what happens next. Nice. I want to go to a five now, too. <laughs> Jared's saying there might be better ones in there. If I had to come back and regrade it, maybe I'd say, okay, yeah, this is a four compared to the other ones. But for me right now, it's the thing that I thought was a, a major flaw at the beginning the most uninteresting part of the book, to be sure, but it's like, no, it's not a flaw. It's it's obviously carrying over from what happened in a previous issue. It makes sense. His actions make sense, and it's it's progressing the story. So, a smart story arc too, because the Flash basically gets to check in with every member of the Rogues Gallery as he's eliminating suspects, yep. and it's clever because he's using both of his personas to pursue this investigation, and he's using them both effectively. I'm definitely kind of in the house of Jared here with, I'm a high four on this. I can't go five with Jason, but I definitely feel where you're at on it. Definitely feeling at a high four on this. I like the story. It had its lows, but it definitely had more highs going on with it. And uh, it kept me interested in the mystery. And Jared, do you know how many issues it, this went through? Hmm. It's been a while since I read them, but I want to say my spider sense is six or eight. Okay. Wow. Um, and and I want to say there's like sort of ramifications down the, down the road as well. Like this might develop into a whole new fill-in. I might be wrong about that. It's been a while since I read them, but that's, yeah, that's, let us know. 
that's my spider sense tangle. Okay. Let us know if his spider sense is right or if it's wrong and let us know. Interested to find out more about this. And that's what this is all about. Are we interested? Do we want to read more? Do we not want to read more? With that out of the way, let's go ahead and bring this part of the show to an end. You got a comment or a question or want to tell us where right or wrong or what how you rated it, please let us know by sending us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page, and we will be right back. Teddy Roosevelt, Spartacus, Julius Caesar, Babe Ruth, and Albert Einstein. What do these men all have in common? I got it. Great shoes. You know, like sandals, or Albert Einstein had great hair, but... I know. They were all great with the ladies. <laughs> no. Well, maybe. Hmm. But no, the correct answer is that Phineas and Jeffrey met them all, plus many more. But what if the listeners don't know who Jeffrey and Phineas are? Phineas and Jeffrey? They're voyagers. You know, they travel, time travelers, travel through time, correcting history. You know, giving a little nudge where needed. You mean how Jeffrey corrects the mistakes and Phineas takes all the credit and, don't forget, all the ladies? Uh, yeah, something like that. Join Michelle and me, Aaron, monthly as we follow these two adventurers. Available on most podcatchers as Voyagers Cast and also on the Head Cast Network. Green light, kids. We did it. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. Of course, we're thrilled to kick these comments off with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy early access to special long box episodes. I finished it. Voting to help determine show content and all kinds of cool stuff. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. And Helica Woof. Auburn Elvis. Bill Beer. Blast it or stash it. Brad Morin. Braxton Underwood. Clinton Robeson. David Collins. You might know him as Battlewagon. Gerald Green. Greg Van Leuven. Kathleen Bright. Mark Hatherley. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Poyo. Joshua Strickland. Maxwell Traver. Michael Wagner. Miranda W. Randy. <laughs> that's not I pretty just... bad. <laughs> that's, that's weird when you say it, Pat. <laughs> sounded naughty. Oh, <laughs> like, she's a saboteur. <laughs> just can't think about it. I give, that a, I give that a one, Pat. I did not like it. <laughs> 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 did I ruffle your tummy feathers? You did, you did. The tummy feathers went like upward, you know, not down, like smooth. Uh, I just kept seeing Austin Powers. Do I make you horny? Randy. <laughs> P.D. Devins. Silly Paul. Picks are for kids. Uh, Rick and Jeff. And Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Rob Morgan. Ross Michaud. Ryan Daly. That wizard's just a crazy old man. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. And Toronto Cup. 
If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Keep in mind, we record these episodes well in advance of release. So if you're a recent addition, we'll add you soon. If there's any problems, just send Pat an email. It's contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it worked out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash longboxcrusade. For as little as $1 a month, still think it's a typo, but I guess it's not you can get access to the Crusaders Club. Come and join us for a dollar a month. I'm pretty sure it's a typo because I've tried to pay. Yeah, let's, we'll roll with that. Sure, it's a typo. But, you know, for everybody else, we're dropping like four to eight shows, like in the neighborhood of eight shows a month. That's like 12 and a half cents, I think. The math? I don't know. Join us for a dollar <laughs> in the arms of the angel. <laughs> I was, I was going to help you out there, but if I did, it would have been good math, and that's yeah. against my religion. Yeah. That's, that's not the bit. The bit is bad math, so I oh, can't for, help you. Just ask Laurel. She'll let us know. <laughs> for pennies a day, you too could feed a Longbox Crusade member. We'll send you a picture of the member that you're supporting and regular updates on how we're doing. You can get us medical care, food, shelter, Please give to the long box <laughs> for less than a cup of coffee. I'm be- I'm very hungry right now. I can use some food. <laughs> Only here at Long Box Crusade can we mock the starving children commercial and try and take your dollar. I'm just drooling at the bit buffet here. <laughs> it's bits and bits and bits and bits. How can you not give? I keep thinking about that outtake. I'm trying to do a show and it's just bits and bits. I'm sorry, Pat. All right, here we go. Back to the script. Listen, if you don't have any extra scratch laying around, but you still want to help us out here at Long Box Crusade headquarters, how about you write a review for us on iTunes for this podcast, if that's how you're listening, or however you're listening, we'd love to hear from you. So even if you want to keep that review short, maybe you use the star ratings. It helps raise the profile of the show. And if you do write a review, we will read it in its entirety on the next show, as long as it doesn't have any profanity in it, Ryan Daly. All right, let's move on to the social media likes, shares, and retweets that we collected from Crusader Chronicles episode 50, where we turned nifty 50, baby. We traveled back in time to April of 1979. We discussed Spider-Man number 194 and ElfQuest number four. And I believe Chris Sheehan was our special guest. And this list is long, so strap in. And Pat, let's go. Adam Frentzen. And we left our wallet with Al Sedano. We got to get it. Guys, get it. Alan Stewart. Angelica Fetty Wolf. Ow. Uh, he uh, is uh, me, Elburn uh, Elvis. Uh, yeah. Bobby Nash. Charlton Hero. Chris Lydon. And our guest for this episode was Chris Sheehan at Xlapse. And our guest was not this Chris, but we love him anyway. Chris at BTO at Batbugs. Not Acoustic version. Christopher Ule. Chuck Gino. Clifford Alvarez. Clinton Robeson. Coffee and Comic. Comic Reflections. You don't have to lie, Craig Benark. You don't have to lie. Danilo Dule. Darren Height. The one, the only, the beautiful, the wonderful Dame Deborah Smith. Derek William Crab. Dustin Stab. Ed Moore. Edward Foy. Eugene T. Glover Jr. I know that guy. I know that guy. (laughs) 
Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Fan Film Fridays podcast. <laughs> Foster H. Coker the Third. Still said that's Alabama fan. <laughs> Francisco Bello. Gene Hendricks. Jeffrey Ranger. Green Lantern HG. Hal Jordan. Hilton Jackson. Hicks. Famous influencer. Ian D. Carroll. Ivan Chudley. James Charles Huntley. Jeff Brown. Joe Naglowski Jr. Captivating Kathy Bright. Manuel Canete Mendoza. Mark DeSimone. Mark Hatherley. Mark Rancifer. Matt Livin Large. Max Damage. Max Reads Comics. Max Traver. Mike Garvey. Professional baseball player? A Steve. Oh, that's good. Mike Smith. Monthly Monday movie muckabout. Philip. Oh. A little hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> Radulic Broadcasting. Rick Babcock. Rick Heineken. Rolando Diaz. Rosmus Show. But we know who he really is. Mm-hmm. He was in this episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ruth Sutherland. Saul Lerman. Scott D. Gladfelter. Secret Wars and Beyond podcast with Sean. Sean Urbanski. Siskoid. The Earth 2 podcast. The Hammer Strikes. And random geeky stuff and voiceover. Come on down, everybody. It is Tim Price. He still calls himself the Podcrasher. He has his own podcast. Can't crash your own podcast. Oh, trust me. Wait, he, crashes, he crashes his own podcast. <laughs> I'm going to say, wait, J- Jason does every yeah. time. <laughs> That's true. Jason crashes this one. So, yeah. Oh, we, love, we love Tim. We love Tim. We love Jason. So, yes. Tim Price, the Podcrasher. Todd Wyatt. Space. Final Frontier. It's Trekker Talk. My favorite Star Trek podcast that doesn't actually address Star Trek at all. Give me a beat. I refuse to give you a beat because I did the Unpacking the Power Power Pack to the tune of Castlevania. Mm -hmm. And Rick specifically said he was ignoring that. So, no, I'm not giving you a beat. Someone else will have to give you a beat. Well, I, I would, but, you know, like we just dropped one and I did that really awesome Jay and Silent Bob bit, and mm-hmm. I got absolutely nothing from Rick or Jeff about that. So I'm, I'm out for this one too. Jason, beat, no beat. I don't know, man. My throat's not really holding okay. up so good. So, mm-hmm. uh. When I'm unpacking the power of the power of the pack that they're gonna unpack, cause I gotta right pack it back. back. Word. Hope you enjoy like our bits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> laugh at our bits. This is your last chance, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, it's Van Allen Plexico. What? What? Right? This is guy. I know. I know. No, oh, yeah. it's yeah. right there in, in plain English. He Thank likes you, us. He really likes us. He likes me. Likes Jason, Delvin, and Paul. Yes. <laughs> Good old Paul. All right, let's get into some comments. We got some comments about the issue. Uh, go ahead, Pat. Pick a comment that you like. We'll call this section our pat on the back. <laughs> Ooh, I like wow, that. That's nice. Wow. I'm like that. Oh, man. That makes me feel good. I'm going to go ahead with the first one here on the list from GLHG. And he says, you know, I had a crappy day, but nothing else than this episode to make things better. First, you have Chris as a guest, which just takes me to a level infinity, mind blown. Then you talk about Spidey and Black Cat, which before MJ made the scene, I wanted her permanently in Pete's life. That's part one. 
That's part one. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Okay, I'll keep going with part two. He says, then you have Chris talk about one of his passions, ElfQuest, the old face, OMG. I think that's the face, but I've already listened to this pilot episode of his new upcoming podcast, and I've already read ElfQuest number one because I want to read along. So heck yeah, this made my day. Smiley face. Great episode, guys. Thumbs up. Two of two. You can go ahead and pick up his third one if you want. <laughs> go as well. All right. And then he says, oh, one last thing. Laughing, crying face. I don't know how it started, but you made me burst out laughing with Clinton having 50 of Sean's blue pills and a box <laughs> of smudge. Laughing face, sideways, laughing face, sideways, laughing face. Jason's, I think it'll work itself out. Sideways, laughing face, sideways, laughing face, sideways, laughing face. That was a very funny yeah. bit. Yeah, I pat myself on the back on that one. Jason we got are, a probie for that one. Oh, yes. That, that he did. Ooh, more ways than one. <laughs> Mary Jamie, I got a probie too. Hey, oh. <laughs> well, definitely appreciate all that commenting back, GLHG. We definitely appreciate it, and we're glad to make your day. And that's what, what this is all about. All the Absolutely. bits, and bits. Yep, just and the bits. Buffet. <laughs> the bits, buffet. and bits, definitely and bits. bits, and bits, and bits, yeah. and bits. Uh, I will take one from Angelica Fetty Wolf, my Ooh. friend, who says that. Glad to know I am not the only one who has expected mute jokes while on conference calls. I think it might be sadder for me being that I am never part of the jokes, just laughing at them. Keep bringing the joy. We will do our best, Angelica. We're glad you're along for the ride with us. Thank you so oh, much. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Did, did she say something or write something? I don't know. Or was she, she was on mute. mute. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, well, she didn't write it on mute. Well, she may have. She may have written it on mute. I'm not sure. We'll have to ask her. Mm-hmm. I'm going on mute. <laughs> well, I think I'd be remiss here if I didn't go to our, our, I think she's our newest Crusaders Club member, right, guys? Kathy Bright? Mm-hmm. She says, so maybe I should start listening to it. <laughs> I think she's talking about us. <laughs> I've subscribed, so it's a start. She might yep. be hooked. Yeah. Yeah, I'm but, certain that's in reference to the fact that it was our 50th episode and we were celebrating. So, well, so I hope you're cool. listening. I think, well, you know, it's like once you come to the LBC Bit Buffet, you, you, know, you just keep coming back to that. And you get your <laughs> fill and you, you sit for a little bit and then you come back. and Yeah, it's like that pizza buffet. You know, sometimes you wait and you're like, ah, oh, it's the name. It's the vegetable one again. <laughs> when are they going to take out that meat lovers? But every once in a while, it's like you get that hot meat lovers out there. That's worth that Crusaders Club money, let me tell you. We're talking food. I'm, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I am now, too. Let's wrap this up and get a pizza, fellas. I like, the, I like him referencing us as, as hot meat lovers. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. I'm okay with that. That's good. <laughs> Why not? That's right. I uh, will take a comment from Ryan Daly, who says, Congratulations on exceeding my expectation of 46 episodes. <laughs> you guys right. So did he think we were going to get to four? Or to 46. <laughs> no, he said by 46. Oh, so I, oh, think I read think, it wrong. Yeah, I think he thought we were only going to get to four. Yeah? Well, ha-ha! Joke's For a while there, I thought, with I thought that too. <laughs> Here <laughs> well, we, we are. So suck it, Ryan Daly! <laughs> <laughs> we are on 53 episode of bits and bits and bits and bits and occasional talk about comics. And bits. Eat that, you meat lovers. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm just going to add one more because I think it was a first-time commenter, Francisco Bello, who just said, I love ElfQuest. Nice. So yeah, I do. Yeah. Hey, did too. He I'm brought the recruit. love for that. 
All right. Thanks to everyone for those follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help spreading word about this podcast. Once we hit episode 50, we've made it all the way to 53. Hot meat lovers. Mm -hmm. That's right. Pick crest. And that's the show. And that's the bits. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. That's the bits that accidentally made a show. I'm sorry. Let's show. Yeah, yeah, stick around for the bits. Oh, stick around for the end where the bits come out. That's like Jason said. You know, after the show is done, you get that vegetable pizza. But if you wait till the end of the show, that's when you get the extra like meat the, lover bits. It's like the dessert pizza. <laughs> right. Yeah, that cinnamon one with the with the frosting. That's what we do. Now. <laughs> We're doing bits again. <laughs> Oh, great. And that's the show. Be sure to check out the website, Longbox Crusader Chronicles.blogspot.com, where the posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and Delvin for joining me this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Delvin. I can be found on Twitter at DEE underscore RAY 1977. Jason. You can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or Jason Albrick on Facebook and Instagram. Jared. I am at Yard Sale Artist, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and I also run the D'Angelo fan page. BrownSugarBabe.net forward slash get so high off your love, don't know how to behave. Tilda. That's also a bit. Pat. And you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Too many bits in this one. Too many bits. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're really piling up. Yes. We got so many bits, we don't know what to do with it. We just got to get them all out. And... Any other podcast want any of these bits? <laughs> <laughs> you get a bit. Bits you get a bit. Bits for sale. Yeah, bits for sale. We got dangly bits. We got all the bits. <laughs> Small bits, big bits, wide bits, short bits, skinny bits. We've gone bit crazy. <laughs> bits, please. <laughs> and if you want to interact with us via live chat be sure to enter to win some free stuff on our live raffles join us on our next episode of doing it live stream on youtube the second sunday of every month 3 30 p.m central time come check out the Lombox crusade on youtube please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you will get the reminder notifications of when we go live thank you for listening and we hope you have enjoyed this episode of crusader chronicles i know i have you got a comment or a question email us at contact at lombaxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Lombox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Lombox Crusade. We will get you your bits sent to you in the mail. Until next time, take care and please join us in the next episode as we continue on the crusade to
The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. Cool. We're recording. Woohoo. All right. Nobody say anything. And that's the podcast. <laughs> you got a comment or question? <laughs> <laughs> I still want to make a podcast promo where it is strictly like our intro song, and then I just go, "Hey, listen to Longbox Crusade outro song," <laughs> and we pass that around to our friends <laughs> to play on their shows. <laughs> Simplest podcast promo ever. Longbox Crusade. Done. All right, we can get started. Let's get going here. Ready? Two Better shut that bag up. <laughs> oh, shit, I thought it was on mute. Yeah. I, I completely... Shut that bag up. That's worse than ice. And Brad Morin. I already said his name. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Sure oh, did. You added I just him. add him to the... I just add oh, him. We I say got... it all the time, so I'm like, I'm just adding well, him to the top. Now I feel dumb, like I didn't pay attention or something. Yep. Shut up, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> He's right here. I'm highly adding it. He's right right there. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going to look at that. Let me continue here. <laughs> Jared, I saw you up there. I saw you up there, like choking, but you went on mute. Good job. Died on mute, baby. Died Pat on had mute. me rolling. He had me rolling. His bits, big bits, little bits. Small bits, small bits, all the bits. Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. We got the wacky wave inflatable arm too, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> oh, uh, all I hear now is that outtake of Pat. Everybody's got bits and bits and bits. Oh. Everybody's got bits tonight. Yeah, we might be heavy on the bitch. Well, that's what that's we do. Right. That's what it that's is. What we do. Hey, listen to Longbox Crusade.